Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM stereo with your host this evening, Ridwan Ahmed and Yasira Adonis. And alhamdulillah, this is a segment of the Education in Daba program where we have in studio with us the Honorable Sheikh Shahid Iso. So before I greet and chat to Sheikh, um, just remind our listeners uh, participation via the SMS line to the number 47913. Now there's an SMS here from 6945 and it says just to ask okay these are such basic elements why is it so difficult to understand and to implement now these are obviously our discussion regarding our segment earlier where we spoke about emotional intelligence uh, I've, once again a very big shukran to our listeners for their participation then another SMS from 5998 says alaikum. so true get to know your learner what they like and dislike and that comes from Rushana Fisher so we were speaking about the whole issue of educators understanding our children and what Dr. Lalkin was raising the issue of imagine you as a parent having three four or even five children of your own and having to spend time with them only in the evenings and probably over weekends how do you deal with the emotional intelligence of each of your own children so imagine or place yourself in the position of an educator who has between 35 to 40 students Students in a classroom and having to manage the emotional intelligence of all those 40 individuals. So once again, a very big shukran to our learners for listeners, Ma, for their participation. Let me greet the Honorable Sheikh Shahid. Sheikh, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ridwan Yasira and of course, also technician, but I smile and the <laughs> dear listeners, the voice of the Cape, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. And uh, Sheikh, uh, yeah, but I smile and Sheikh and I, we just shared something off air, uh, you know, very fond. Uh, anyway, alhamdulillah. And then uh, belated uh, Muharram Mubarak to Sheikh Shahid mashallah. as well. Uh, we haven't seen uh, Sheikh. So uh, may the year ahead, inshallah, be amen, amen. Uh, fruitful, prosperous, and all the khair and barakah, inshallah. Amen. Now, Sheikh, there was an SMS which we picked up earlier, which we're going to deal with now very, very quickly. And the SMS is from uh, 0292, and it latches onto a newspaper article uh, which we have in front of us. But the article says, Assalamu alaikum, is it true that matric yip learners, that's YIP, and Yasira, you know what the yip stands for? Years in phase. Years in phase. Uh, learners can only write three subjects or two and is this a national issue now you know if one looks at this whole about thing about years in phase yes you know we're saying as a child is only allowed to stay in a particular phase for i think two years they can only remain one year behind oh one year behind so then in grade 11 for example they are almost kind of then moved over to grade 12. now if the educator or the school then determines that the child is not ready really to write uh, a matric examination what they are then suggesting is that the child only writes three of the subjects or two and then do the rest or the remainder of the subjects in the following year and also then register this learner as a private candidate private candidate, a private candidate. Uh, let's start with i think what we need to understand from the education system and this is one of the weaknesses in the south african education system is that learners are only allowed to fail once in a phase the phases are worked out basically three years three years three years three years it works out to 12 years Right, mm-hmm. so great. First, uh, the, you have the um, lower primary, then you've got senior primary, then you've got lower high school or secondary, and then senior secondary. Three, 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 that's how they divide it up. You're only allowed to fail once. 
And the other years, if you have to repeat that year, you're then promoted, promoted, promoted until you get to the next phase. You then fail again in that phase. You will then <coughs> repeat that one year and then you're promoted, promoted and get over to the next phase. So what we are doing is that effectively we are producing students with certificates, but they are not worthy of the certificate they actually hold. That's the bottom line. They are not academically sound. They're not capable of actually implementing or understanding what they actually have learned. So there's lots of issues pertaining to that uh, approach that government has adopted, which needs to be addressed. And of course, many of the things hinges on to a lack of a sound foundation and where people didn't get a proper uh, preschool education or grade zero, uh, what we call grade R and grade mm-hmm. zero education. So when they enter the primary school, uh, by all the research that has been done, that particular learner is about three years behind learners that have gone through the grade O and grade R phase of education. Mm-hmm. So it sets them, and this particularly happens in sub-economic and poor communities where people can't afford. And when they send them to an educator, they send them basically to a aftercare or a care system where somebody just looks after your child, but they're not, are not actually imparting skills and neither knowledge to the child. So there's somebody taking care of your child, feeding the child, let the child sleep, do some play things there, but they are not trained educators themselves. And so those particular uh, individuals then, of course, suffer later in life because they didn't get a sound education. And this is the unfortunate situation where that um, system perpetuates those who were were disadvantaged continue to be disadvantaged. And it needs to be there needs to be serious interventions to deal with those specific issues and to improve the quality of education at the very foundation. Ad break, and when we come back, we'll continue with the program called Education in Daba here on the Voice of the Cape. Welcome back to the program called Education in Daba here on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo with your host this evening, Ridwan Ahmed, Yasira Donis, and the Honorable Sheikh Shahid Iso. Uh, just a reminder to our listeners that you can participate in the program by sending us your SMS to the number 47913. Now, Sheikh Shahid, maybe just another part of the initial question uh, that we addressed earlier on. No, alhamdulillah. I think what we need to add is that uh, when we speak about promotion, promotion doesn't mean that the child genuinely actually passed academically and had good results. Mm. Promotion simply means that you failed and then the principle is forced in terms of the system that we follow of only one failure per phase to actually put you over into the next uh, grade. So that is called promotion. Otherwise, you don't need a promotion. Promotion is not actually a promotion because the person didn't actually do well. So uh, that's the one. The most problematic phase that we have. So I said there were four phases of three years, which makes up 12 years of the education system. And now they've added the great R, which is an additional one. We make it 13, 13 years of education, which is internationally what is practiced by developed countries. And so we have here also the last phase, which is grade 10, 11 and 12. That's the last phase. Now, if you fail in that phase, then they have to promote you to grade 11. That is, if you fail grade 10, you repeat grade 10, and then they are forced, if 
you fail again, you must go to grade 11. If you fail again, you must go over to grade uh, to the matric. Now, when you're in matric, there's a different challenge. The principal also signs a performance agreement with the department that the school will perform, and there's a, a pass rate in the Western Cape at 60% mm. that we look at. In other provinces, 50% pass rate. So the principal says to himself, look, if I need to perform otherwise, I'll be looked at very badly, and it will in, uh, impact on my performance agreement with the department. So how do I get very weak students in this grade in matric um, to get them through matric, but not reflecting badly on my performance as well as a school and also on my agreement. So what happens is uh, people are then deregistered from the school. They're taken off the school list completely and they're registered as private candidates where they do matric over two years, three, three subjects and another three subjects because those are the minimum requirements. And then, of course, they write uh, the exam over two years, but they're not actually on the school's uh, list where those results are then taken into consideration and impact on the average performance of that school. This is the problem because people's achievements that they have to do as management and of course the challenge that it poses now to learners in the school and i think this is the issue that parents are also now uh, faced with uh, that they have to deal with the situation where there's a challenge to the principal and staff and here's a challenge of course now to the learner and the parent on the other side uh, this is uh, the situation, unfortunately. Now, shukran Jazilan for that, Sheikh. And if one, you know, really goes with the article, it says that uh, this is really an option for the learner and that the child is under no obligation. Uh, well, that is just, you know, how, well, it's words that they use. Uh, but um, that relates to the SMS which you received. And a very big shukran to Sheikh Shahid, uh, you know, for giving us a response. As you can hear, uh, Sheikh is well versed on any topical issue, be it Islamic, academic, social or cultural or of any nature so we're glad to have Sheikh Shahid in the studio mm-hmm. now there's an SMS here from 1729 it says Assalamu alaikum Ridwan and panel in Westbank is a 11-jarige geskors omdat hy gebank het sy ma was al vele keer by die schoolhoof en die kind word die school geweer uh, die kind gaan nou a gangster word help kanala uh, Sheikh maybe is it a comment from your side or maybe Yasira I think uh, I'll ask Yasira to respond in the first one. Reageer me eerst Yasira op die vraag wat ons stel is. And uh, then we can make some input inshallah. Shukran Sheikh. Um, you know, every school has an SGB and the SGB is then responsible for these kind of disciplinary measures. However, what can take place is that the principal can suspend the learner for seven days as an intervention method Ridwan, to, you know, sit with the with the parents and look at, and the educator for that matter, um, how to resolve this type of behavior because it's a behavior being truant is the behavior the child is either scared of something something upsets him at school but children aren't truant for no apparent reason something psychological could also underpin this kind of behavior however the principal cannot you know expel a child Ridwan for being truant I mean I think that's unheard of what then takes place is if the behavior is not corrected the principal will then look at the SGB and then obviously the disciplinary committee which is set up from parents and looking at what would be the best way forward from there but expulsion is a very serious matter Ridwan and a last resort and for a learner that is 11 11 years old I don't think that that would be the correct intervention to take in that regard Ridwan as he is still on primary school Mm -hmm. So maybe what advice do we give maybe to a parent like that, Um, Sheikh? Um, I think the first thing is that if the um, 
parent has consulted with the principal and as part of the disciplinary process the parent must be called in and it's not the principal that is the disciplinary committee mm. it's actually the SGB that's elected by the parents of that school mm. so the parent must insist to meet with the SGB or to get the contact number of the chairperson to speak to the chairperson now we don't know the background to the case if it's a delinquent case if it's a repeat offense we don't know the history of it but if there's any history of truancy there are measures and interventions and also support staff <coughs> that is based at the uh, what we call the EMDC offices mm-hmm. that go out to the different um, schools to then intervene and deal with the case like as you mentioned is there any other a reason that the child is actually playing truant or bunking. Mm. And I think that's, those steps must be taken. If there's failure of the SGB and the principal to respond to the parent's issue, then they must take it to the director of the EMDC. Mm. Nou, nou shukran vir dat, uh, Sheikh, nou kom ons probeer om hier in Afrikaans en sê dat uh, die betrokke ouwer moet dan weer eens by die school gaan navraag doen en uitvind wat is die posiesie van die schoolbeheerlichaam en dien daar dan geen, uh, kom ons sê maar nou tevredenheid gevind word nie, dan stel ons ook verder voor dat jy dan wel na die onderwijsdepartement gaan uh, navraag doen rondom hierdie aangeleendheid, want sekerlijke kind van 11 jaar kan nie net by die huis blijf nie. You know, you just opening yourself up to as the, the listener was you know, going into the whole issue around gangsterism. Another SMS from 1311 says, Assalamu alaikum. The same situation occurs with all these different Islamic schools. Small kids having uh, muallims and muallimas who monitors these children. Now, I'm not too sure, Sheikh, if that relates to maybe the comment that Sheikh made earlier on, or whether it's in relation to, you know, the suspension of our listeners. Maybe the listeners can, the listener who sent that particular SMS, 1311, can give us a bit more information. But on that, we're going to go for a quick ad break, and when we come back, we'll continue and conclude with the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Welcome back to the tail end of the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo. And if you have just joined us, we are joined in studio by the Honorable Sheikh Shahid Iso. And this evening we're just chatting, you know, around an SMS which we received around YIP, which is, Yasira, what's YIP again? Years in phase. Really. Years in phase, yes, where we're saying that learners are, you know, kept in a particular phase. They can't stay there for more than two years and then they are moved over to the next grade. And now specific focus was around our matriculants, our grade 12 learners who find themselves in that situation. And, you know, uh, the whole issue around the private, not privatization, but being registered as private individuals when they write the final exams, you know, can they only write three subjects in one year and then three the following year? And that is the type of discussion that we are having. And then there was an SMS, as we said, from 1311 that says that uh, the same situation, uh, okay, there's the follow-up. It says, Salaamu Alaikum, the same situation occurs with all these different Islamic schools. Small kids having muallims and muallimas who monitors these children and then it says Marv I'm referring to the education so the question is who monitors the education of our learners uh, particularly the little ones within the Islamic institutions or private schools Shukran Ridwan um, well Hamad goes to an Islamic school that follows the normal curriculum and then what takes place is in grade R now currently the support still comes from district so you'll have the IMG and the um, 
curriculum advisor coming in around, you know, the whole curriculum for grade R still being caps aligned, et cetera, and so on. As they move on, the services then becomes less Ridwan, even though it would mainly be around curriculum that that service would off- be offered from um, WCED. What the most Islamic schools do, Ridwan, is they have private educational psychologists coming in or they would make the referral, private occupational therapists coming in and they would make the referral, saying, speaking to the parents, saying, look, um, the East concerns that around your child's hearing and sight. Maybe you should go to an optometrist and audiologist just to check if a child is tone deaf, um, be it low tone or high tone deaf within the ear, they would have problems with identifying consonants and vowels. So those are real areas that are concerns for children, especially in the foundation phase. But most of the auxiliary services, Ridwan, are then rendered privately. Okay, but this, does this also refer to the <coughs> yip thing? No. <coughs> Okay, so but, but the, well, what well, happens within the YIP, for example, within these private institutions? Obviously, they also probably follow the same process where, for example... Are you talking about, yes, then you are correct, Marfred one. That, that same policy would apply mm. because it's policy. So once you follow curriculum policy, you would then follow that same policy. You are correct, give me math. Okay, shukran. Ashik Shahid? I think one of the key issues in the private schools is that uh, all the uh, additional service support services, we call it, or auxiliary services, um, you pay for it. Right. Mm. Uh, properly, if it's uh, still state um, subsidized, you will get it at a reduced rate. But essentially, you pay, unlike when it's in the government sector, public schools, they have individuals appointed, although it's very much under-resourced. We don't have sufficient mm. occupational therapists, for instance, serving yeah. the cluster of schools. Mm. I think we've spoken to a number of, of institutions, for example, on education in Daba, Sheikh, and I think, you know, we were asking almost kind of the same question, and Yashira being an occupational therapist, yeah. you know, we, we almost kind of said, where is your auxiliary services? Exactly. Mm. So now it's worse for the private sector because they actually have to employ mm. or use the service of a private a practitioner. Yeah. So I would say then uh, the most important aspect here is Parents also need to have, you know, an active involvement in the child's education. So if you notice anything and you see the performance of the child, you should be asking the teacher and inquire, what are the problems? Why is my child not performing? Is there anything in the class you notice? If, if the teacher is not well trained in mm-hmm. remedial education to pick up problems and challenges of barriers to learning, etc., mm. then you can go to like Dr. Lalkin. Yeah. Mm. You go to somebody that specializes in this and then, of course, that person assesses the child and then advises the parent, is there any other uh, help that the child actually needs so that they can perform academically better and do better, you know, at school. And I think this is the the, the important role of a parent. Mm. It cannot be left just to a school. The assumption is made, yes, the teacher's there, the teacher's there, the parents uh, play the parent's role while the child at school. That is not so. We need to be involved with our own child's education and the future of our child. So if we can't solve it, we should at least uh, be alert and vigilant. If we notice something is not right, that we make further inquiry and find, try to find help from those who are capable of doing it. Okay, shukran for that, Sheikh. Yes, you want to have a comment quickly? Yes, just a comment. I think, you know, since we started with our Islamic segment, Ridwan, we've always advocated that professionals within communities, you know, do render that service to the mosque, to the Islamic institutions. And I, you know, I've done that. So... 
you know, the the imam will say, look, Yasira, in our madrasa, these are the children that are struggling, and I, then I would then assist them free of charge, Ridwan. So that recommendation is also out there. There are limited um, resources available, but we need to give back to the community. So, you know, if we can do that, what I do at Hamad School, we do training for free. So we don't go and charge as we would charge for the workshop if it had come yes. from our school per se. So, you know, parents out there, if you are capable and you, are, and you can assist, do assist our Islamic institutions. Institutions. I mean, they're doing a wonderful job with our children. They're growing up Islamically. And I think, you know, it's the least that we can do is to give back in that way. Okay, oh, shukran for that. Then there was an, uh, a circular from the Western Cape Education Department that caught my eye. Uh, and it says, the Burger Youth Leadership Conference, 11 to 17 December 2015. The Burger newspaper, in cooperation with the Western Cape Education Department, will again present the 57th Annual Youth Leadership Conference from the 11th to the 17th of December 2015 at the Burger Strandhuis in Musenberg, Cape Town. Schools are invited to nominate the chairperson and or vice chairperson of the RCL, that's your Learner Representative Council, for 2016. So uh, 50 youth leaders, 25 boys and 25 girls, will be selected from the applications according to the criteria indicated in the attached nomination form. Now, for more information, there's a closing date, 30th of October 2015. You can send your nomination to hazel.arendse at westerncape.gov.za. Sheikh, any concluding remark from your side before we, as per usual, just ask to make dua, you know, for all those who are sick and those who are yeah, deceased? I mean, inshallah. Um, I think, look, the advice for uh, parents are always that... Um, we are first and foremost responsible for our children. Mm. And when we entrust our children to any institution and any uh, teacher or any other individual, we cannot abdicate responsibility. Mm. We simply delegate, which means we ask somebody to do it on our behalf, but we still take responsibility of finding out was it done? Was it done correctly? Was there any issue? You take responsibility even if it's delegated. Mm -hmm. And I think this is so important in Islam in itself that we, the Al-Um uh, Awal Madrasa, the mother is the first school a mm. child learns from. And that we must never, uh, uh, you know, shirk our responsibility as mm. parents. It's so important. And particularly today when we have so many challenges, and we, that's why we ask also parents, if you look at the child's circle of friends, find out who they are, mm. which homes do they come from, who are their parents. And I think this is what we're asking for. And Islam, of course, this is fundamental. Mm. That we look at who are you associated with And if you want to know somebody You first look at who's his friends mm. Mm. Who does he associate with Where does he spend his time And if you know that You get an idea of who the person is What type of person the character mm. is mm. And I think this is what we want to say here Is that everything is out there Things can be arranged But we, we cannot detect all those things uh, From every school We only give advice And we try parents to say You intervene And of course you can always call us If we need some uh, referrals To professionals in this field And we've got a number of Muslim professionals And I want to urge also those Muslim professionals That they also make their details known To the community And also charge a special rate so that they can serve the community, particularly those who are not by the means, mm. to make things also accessible so that the child at the, at the end, that best interest is served and not because you can afford the service. Mm -hmm. That's because the service is accessible, it's available, and we are able to cross-subsidize 
the service and we can therefore extend it to everybody inshallah shukran zazilan for that sheikh so uh, yes and inshallah until next time uh, we're going to greet you because do stay tuned and still to education in Abba. i know that brother shafiq sadiq uh, will continue his program i see malina fudail is also here so looking forward to that discussion on salah inshallah so from myself ridwan ahmed yasira donas and the honorable sheikh shahid iso until next time we bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh